Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, and you are listening to Transformation Radio 2.0, where we embrace the uncomfortable conversations that are connected to our purpose. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Transformation Radio 2.0. That's right, Transformation Radio 2.0, where we embrace the uncomfortable conversations that are connected to our purpose. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, spiritual leader, and, of course, radio host. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of purpose. Guys, this is our last show of the decade. This is our last, well, not our last show, but our last show with a guest of this decade. This is our last show with a guest of 2019. And listen, we're going out with a bang. Do you hear me? We are going out with a bang. We have a tremendous guest on tonight. But as always, before we get to our guest, I just want to touch base with everybody about a few things. You all know I'm going to open up the phone lines throughout the entire show. I do that so everybody can be a part of the conversation. I feel like it's not just enough for myself and my guests to interact, but I want each and every one of you interacting with us. So that means if you have a question or a statement about the subject that we are talking about, you are welcome to call in and give us that question or make that statement. However, as I always say, our show is a platform for people with diverse backgrounds and belief systems. That means everybody that comes on this show, you are not going to agree 100% with everything that that individual says. Matter of fact, you're not even going to agree with everything that I say, and that's okay. That is absolutely okay. I don't believe that we all should agree on everything. And I believe if we are at a place where we're agreeing on everything, somebody's not being forthcoming, okay? However, our disagreements must be done in a manner that is, that is respectful and in a manner of 
I'm willing to listen to you if you're willing to listen to me because if we listen to each other, maybe we can teach each other something that will help us all grow and develop, and then ultimately we can create a greater world for the generations that are here now in the generations that are to come, all right? So let's keep that in mind as we're calling in because if, in fact, you do come off as disrespectful in any manner, I'm going to have to hang up on you, all right? Also, callers, I have to limit each call to one minute. And the reason why I limit each call to one minute is because I want as many callers to be able to call in and join the conversation, as well as we want to leave enough time and space for our guests to share their story with us. Guys, as I said, you all know that we had, this is show number nine of 10 this month. We usually only do two shows, but we wanted to do something special for the month of, of December. So I'm about to turn the guest loose just to allow him to share his story, share his thought processes, all of those things that embody who he is. So before I do that, I want to give you guys the call-in number. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. All right? So now, without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation. I want you all to help me welcome to the show Mr. Evan Brown. Evan, how are you tonight, sir? I am well. How about you? I'm doing well as well, man. Thank you again for joining us on tonight and your willingness to share with our listening audience on tonight. I'm excited about this conversation, and I believe this is the perfect way to end our shows for 2019. Absolutely. I'm honored to be a part, and I'm ready to share all that I can to help anybody listen, get further into purpose, and to live out the reason that they were designed. Love it, love it. All right, so here's what I like to do. I always like to start with a light question because I believe that light question always tells myself and our listening audience a lot about our guests, all right? Okay. All right, so the light question I always like to start with is, if you had one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Wow, I think if I had one superpower, it would be to read the minds of others. That way, I wouldn't have to work as hard to try to connect the dots and to really read through what somebody is not saying to figure out what's really in their heart and in their mind. Gotcha, gotcha. And it it always works out that way. I believe every guest, excuse me, that has shared what they believe their their superpower would be basically connects with the purpose that they're doing. So once again, we were spot on as well with, you know, what it is that you do and what it is that your superpower would be. So now what I'd like to do before we get into the questions is I like to play a quick game of word association. I have eight (laughs) words, okay? (laughs) Those eight words, I'm going to give you those eight words. You tell me the first word that comes to mind or the first phrase that comes to mind when you hear those words. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. The first word is vision, vision. Birthers. Yeah, okay. And we're going to talk about vision birthers a little later. All right. Coaching. Sessions. (laughs) (laughs) 
And we're going to talk about <laughs> social <laughs> sessions a little later as well. Okay. <laughs> Life. Winning. I like that. Work ethic. You've got to have it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel you there. Branding. Whew. Work. Okay. Ministry. Passion. Healing. Heal. Wow. I. That's the one. That's my response. <laughs> that's the one. I like that. Okay. And the last word is transformation. What it's all about. All right. Now, as I said, we're going to revisit all of those words uh, throughout the conversation. I just wanted to, you know, give a little basis of where we might be going. Because, honestly, I don't know where we're going to end up. I have uh, generalized uh, some generalized questions I want to ask. But as I tell all the guests, I just want you to be free to flow. If you feel led to pray for somebody, pray for them if they call in. You know, you are at home. You know, it sounds like, you know, I'm welcoming you to the church. You great preach. But, you know, you're at <laughs> home. Do what you do. All right? Yes, sir. All right. So now, can you tell the audience a little bit about your background and, you know, how you came to doing what it is that you do now? Absolutely. So my name is Evan Brown. I am 29 years old. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I currently live in Chicago, Illinois. And um, I started to uncover this thing. You know, there's there's a scripture that says, for all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. Um, And I really start to see that start to manifest in my life. I remember one day after graduating college, I was working a really good job. And I just had enough sense to realize that this was not it for me. You know, I'm in that moment at 23 three years old, I realized that money was not everything. Um, And so it led me on a journey to really start to search my soul and to search my timeline and search my life for what makes sense for me. And when I tell you something, I started to realize that everything that I found passion in, everything that I decided that I would do for free if I could, were the things that were me saying, you know what? Okay, this is it. This is different. This um, triggers something in me that I can't really articulate at the moment, but it's different. At the time, I didn't know it was purpose. I just thought it was me being good at a few different things. Um, but I started to really start to look at my life, assess my life, and connect the dots of my own story from jobs, from um, volunteer opportunities to moments and times where I just said I'm going to do and contribute and give what I have. I started to realize there was a sense of purpose listed in, in right there in the middle of all of that. Um, and from there, um, I started, I looked at my jobs in, in college. I was like, hey, I was a student, I'm the program coordinator for um, the student activities department. I realized that I had been putting together events and curating narratives and writing storylines almost for about four and a half years. I looked at some of the other roles that I served in while I was in church, uh, like playing the drums, um, serving with our youth ministry, being on our youth department board. I started to see all that stuff start to finally make some sense when I realized that my life is like not my own. I'm looking for something, I'm searching for something, and what I'm looking and searching for, I'm actually standing right in the middle of, but it took me taking the pers- took, taking off the lenses of life and the lenses of society for me to realize that I've got something good here, and the good thing that I have in front of me is God. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got okay. going. That's how I got, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. that's how I got going. That's how I got No, you're started. good. Go ahead. Okay. And, um, and from there, I just said, you know what, how can I put all this together? How can I put those things that have made sense to me, that have made me smile in the past, that have made me feel um, effective, not just profitable, but effective? 
And that's how I ended up starting my business. So I realized that I had been able to be the hands and the feet and the executioner and the solutionist for a lot of people. And why not start a business doing what it is that I seem like I do well and, 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 and purpose for, which is creating solutions for individuals. Okay. Now, you talk, talked about all of that. Now I want to ask a question before we jump back to that. What okay. is purpose? Wow. Purpose is the thing that you would do for absolute free that uh, if you could. But most importantly, it's the thing that makes you lie down at night and say, man, I was effective. Okay. Now, I heard you talking about, you know, basically how basically what I assessed from what you were saying was basically your purpose found you in a sense. Like it was you were wrapped inside of it and not even realize it. You, you weren't aware of it at first. Is that how one Absolutely. would discover their purpose? Absolutely. So um, I wrote a book called For the, For the Purpose Chasers because from my experience and then having uh, – talking to individuals from older, from age, from young to old, I started to realize that a lot of people are in search of something that they're standing right in the middle of. And even though for what they cannot identify, they cannot often identify what it's not. So for me, I realized when I started to look for purpose and realized I was standing in the middle of it, it's just a matter of me connecting the dots and bringing it together. And I believe wholeheartedly a lot of people are there. And in the midst of me standing in purpose, there are things that I had to identify that, okay, you know what, this is not purpose for me. This is not purpose for me. And all that did was help me eliminate things off the list that took the pressures off of my mindset trying to find my divine reason for being here. Now, back to your childhood, if you think about everything that you're doing now, as a child, did you do some of those things as well, like unknowingly, uh, as you're, you know, give, you're offering solutions to individuals now through your business, through your ministry, through all of those things? Is that what you were as a child as well? Absolutely. I was the ringleader mm -hmm. for all the trouble. <laughs> I was the ringleader <laughs> for me and my cousin. <laughs> I was the ringleader. For, if you can think of it, I found my way in the middle of it and somehow kind of orchestrating something like kind of, I don't know who I thought I was at that age. My mom used to be so frustrated. She's like, if you could just go to class or go home and just be, be a normal kid, I would be okay. But she's like, you're always in the middle of something, trying to put something together, trying to make something happen, both good and bad. So I've always been uh, somewhat of a uh, leader or more so, I don't want to say a troublemaker, but I think a divine troublemaker would be my perspective <laughs> on it now. But I've always been willing right. to get in there and figure something out. Whether it was helping my dad, uh, my dad telling me to go do something in the yard, and I'm like, I've never done this before, but I'm going to get out there and figure it out because my thing was like the job was to get it done, not really to be stressed about how I got it done. Now, do you believe that you were talking about just right what you just said right there about, you know, if something was presented to you that you didn't, you know, you had no experience with, you still were looking at a way to figure it out to get it done. Do you believe that a lot of people – don't quote unquote discover their purpose because some are afraid of the unknown and stepping out and doing something that they've never done before. Absolutely. I, I think that is definitely one of the reasons, but I think the biggest reason that many people don't find their purpose is because often we're not really willing to put in the work. Um, so for an example, with mm -hmm. me being uh, willing to jump out there and figure things out that I never would 
you know, I don't know how to lay a roof down. I didn't really know how to fix a lawnmower if it was broken, but I knew there was a job that needed to be done. And they had to, I had to figure it out. I think a lot of people are um, just kind of life has conditioned us sometimes or situations or circumstances have conditioned us to give up or to give in um, or to just sometimes flat out be lazy. Um, a lot of us are so purpose is so within reach of us, but we're too lazy to reach out our arms to get it because it's going to make us do something that we've never had to do before. Um, and I personally believe that most people are not really afraid of failure. They're afraid of what success looks like for them because success makes you change. And we don't talk about that. We, we always, you know, we yeah. talk, we scream about success and we're excited for success, but we don't often deal with the fact that success requires you to change and to grow up. <laughs> Mainly, it requires right. us to, to develop in areas that often we prefer not to develop in. But, hey, you know what? It's kind of a part of the process if you really want to be successful, if you really want to kind of live out your reason, your true reason for being here. Okay, so now let's go back. I believe you said you were 23 when you started to become aware of purpose as far as within your personal life. Now, once you became aware of it, was it like I become aware of it and now – I'm ready to do it, or was it I became aware of it, and yet there was still like a struggle there or a hesitation there? How was it once you begin to realize what your purpose actually was? Oh wow, absolutely. So for um, unlike I am one of the what I believe is like a lot of people, um, I'm not one that's ever been afraid of failure. I've never been afraid of taking mm-hmm. risk, and I've actually never been afraid of the term no. So when I started to realize, <laughs> as I graduated from college, I got a great job. I worked at NASA in Huntsville, Alabama for about a year mm-hmm. and a half. And, you know, to, to, to be freshly out of school, working a job that you really don't qualify for, making money that doesn't really make a lot of sense for a 23-year-old, it's like this was life. But quickly I learned that this wasn't it. And so when I started to uncover and uncover purpose and what purpose was going to look like for me going forward, I instantly figured that out by realizing what was not purpose for me. I realized that that job and those three computer screens they had in front of me was nowhere near my God-given purpose. And so what I did, which what uh, I wouldn't advise a lot of people to do, um, but I think if for a remnant, this is the, the best way for you to go about it. I quit. I quit. I literally just quit. And I said I would rather go forward trying some different things out now that I have a, a whole other different perspective and what I'm the goal that I'm looking for and looking to get to, I'd rather try things out to figure out what's not it than to sit in this place and become complacent and become comfortable and never move forward. Because this, this is the thing about it, and I can be pretty transparent. At 23, making $85,000 in a city that the average, you know, that you could pretty much live off of 40 is a great situation to be in. But I realized quickly that that situation was not going to be uh, what I wanted to do and how I wanted to live the rest of my life. It could have been great. I could have worked that job for six years, six or seven years, and been really well off and set. But I would rather do, be, understand, and realize and live out why I'm really here than to be sitting somewhere making money and being miserable. And I like the approach that, you're, that, that we're able to take with you from it because I know uh, a lot of entrepreneurs that I've spoken with that's not their story. They didn't walk away from $80,000 a year. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, some were kind of pushed into it for, for various Absolutely. reasons. Um, so taking it from that approach, because I know there are people that are listening and they're struggling with the mindset of walking away from all of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so once you walked away, what, what did you walk into? What, what was, 
the next step once you quit your job? So for me, um, I quit the job because I knew that this wasn't it. And so my determining factor, I said, okay, God, I want to know what it is for me. And so I asked simply, I said, illuminate jobs on Indeed. I was on Indeed one night. I said, God, illuminate jobs off of this stream that could help me get in some direction to move forward in some sort of way. And so just a simple prayer like that, and I scrolled Indeed. I started to find jobs at car dealerships. And I'm like, hey, now, I don't really know much about a car. I can change my oil and I can change the tire because my dad taught me that. But as far as selling a vehicle, I couldn't do it. But I started to realize how many types, how many different positions were in a car dealership. So I went from NASA making $85,000 to going into a car dealership as an Internet sales manager making $12 an hour working part-time. But what that did for me, even though it was definitely a step backwards pay-wise, it was a huge step forward, um, a tremendous step forward going um, as far as purpose is concerned. Because from there, I learned how to do things like making cold calls, where I'm now not I'm not uncomfortable having uh, fresh conversations with individuals, which goes great into entrepreneurship. Because when you're in a in a space or in a situation right. where you have to give your business pitch in your 60 seconds, you know that can be make or break. That can be the difference between you having an investor or you trying to figure out how you're going to invest in your product or into your um your your invest your launch or your program. Um, but I learned some skills there. Uh, I learned how to cold call. I learned pretty much how to the back end on how to run ads and how to do a lot of uh, marketing and niching niche pitches from the internet standpoint. So I realized then kind of going forward, I said, you know what? Because I prayed that one little prayer as I scrolled and God lead me to where I'm going to get the equipment and get the equipping for, for where my life is going. And so boom, what looked what on paper to what to my parents would seem like a step backwards was actually a tremendous step forward because I learned so much that I'm now able to do and apply and even now teach other people how to do um to grow their businesses from the internet standpoint. And I think that that part of the story is so powerful because like you said, you went from eighty thousand dollars a year to twelve dollars an hour and to many it would look like a step back. But that's just how purpose really is sometimes. Like, it just doesn't make any natural sense whatsoever. Yeah. However, it mm-hmm. positions you for what you need to be positioned for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot, especially as believers, often we say things like, order my steps. Yeah. Sometimes you have to realize yeah. that when you want your steps to be ordered, it, you really have to be okay with taking what looks like steps backwards to the natural eye, but really there's a reason you're going back, quote unquote, but you're going back to get to get something and to pick up something that you're going to need going forward that's going to really be able to be a total game changer for you. Absolutely. And now what you're saying, I'm realizing that your journey with entrepreneurship into purpose and all of that has been a tremendous faith walk. Like all I hear is faith laced oh, through the man. entire situation. <laughs> Let, so when I tell you, you it, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was saying it has been no, a tremendous good. faith journey from beginning to end. From I think uh, my mother told me tells me this every time she sees me. Every couple of years, you do something that makes me really grab hold of my pearls. Um, she said you always I'm gonna do something that makes her absolutely nervous, and I'm like, mom, you know. This is just the life that I'm called to live because really I understand that, um, for an example, to a lot of people, I'm going to be a a trailblazer for them. I'm going to be somebody that says, you know what, you can do this, and it can actually work for you, but you're going to have to work it. Absolutely. So was this transition time for you, was that the time you wrote your first book? 
Oh, actually not. So um, I, trans- I transitioned okay. from one car dealership to another car dealership, and I left. And then from okay. that car dealership, I started to be um, a full-time volunteer at my church because I noticed as I was searching for purpose, it's almost like I got what I needed to get for that particular sector. And because of also part of my purpose is uh, being operational in the fivefold ministry, God kind of engulfed mm-hmm. me into an environment that I never really ever considered myself worthy or, heck, even desired to be in. Um, so I was at right. doing um, being a volunteer at my church, and from there I was kind of picking up, you know, learning certain things. I had a business degree and a minor in computer science, so I knew how to be operational when it came to a business standpoint. But just kind of also learning how to navigate through people. Um, sometimes what they're dealing with, what they're going through, um, how to even kind of often be sympathetic, how to even kind of help them strategize on some areas in life where they could um, instantly apply to make some great strides forward. Um, I did that, and in the midst of that, I was in the, ended up being introduced to a woman who was a chef. Her name is um, Danny Rose. Um, she's also known as Stovetop Kisses. Uh, I came on with her as a brand manager. So my first big opportunity, okay. I had like big opportunity because she's actually like really famous <laughs> and I was like I'm just this little kid yeah. in Huntsville Alabama who you know you could be she could work, be working with major companies like why me um but it's because somebody referred her to me just from like me being able to kind of hear them out and kind of help them connect some dots and so working with her um she was doing a lot of she does a lot of cooking a lot of cooking shows a lot of uh, all that kind of good stuff and she helped me to understand the importance as a business owner of making money while you sleep and so as I'm doing things mm. for her, like, you know, running correspondence, uh, running the social media, uh, kind of coming up with ideas and everything to go forward, that was one of the things I picked up from my assignment with her was she taught me and she really opened my eyes to how I can start to make money in my sleep. And so she would ask me different things like, okay, so Evan, what are you good at? What are you learning from working with me? What are you, what, are you, um, what skills are you uh, developing as you work with me? And one of those things was social media because I was, I was forced to manage and run her social media outlet. Was, and I was like, talking to her one day, and I was like, well, great, I've learned this, 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 this. And I said, well, I've learned all this about social media. What should I do with it? And she was like, what would you, she was like, what would you, what would you tell me to do with it? And I was like, well, maybe you should create you know, an ele- electronic resource or ebook. She was like, and there you go. She's like, here's your first product. And so literally she walked me through how to create an ebook. She told me to go in my room, shut my door, and type on a Word document and come back out with a couple chapters, and then we'll go from there. And I simply just did that. I took all the knowledge that I had on social media at that time, and I just put it in a Word document. Uh, And I realized then that was going to be the kickstart for my business because so many people don't realize we look at social media as a weapon of mass destruction when it's actually a weapon of mass influence. If you work social media properly, you can literally go from no money in your account to bukus of contracts and brand ambassador opportunities and then products sold in literally 24 hours or less. We see it all the time with individuals who just kind of take off. But she really helped me to see that the importance of that was to have things that allowed me to be able to make money in my sleep, but most importantly to always keep in mind I'm doing what I'm doing to help people. Awesome. Man. You said so much right within that. I was just sitting here listening, just absorbing it all. Um, so she teaches you that you write your book, okay? Now your ebook, did you was that did you put that on Amazon or you just did it straight, funneled it straight out of your website? 
So ironically enough, I wrote my ebook years before I released my actual first published book, like a uh, printed book. Okay. My first printed book was a book called 60 Days of Devotion for the Under 60 Disciple. Because I can just be honest, I went to college, I went to an HBCU, I placed Kappa, I was Mr. A- Alabama A&M. I had a good time in college. I learned a lot. I partied a lot. I just really enjoyed my time in college. Um, and from yeah. that, when I got out of college and I started to look for my, my real reason for being here, I really started to kind of tap back into those things that my mom would teach. You know, those things where your mom praying over you sometimes at night and then she's saying certain things. Mm-hmm. And all those things started to kind of bubble up on the inside of me. And I went on this instant pursuit for God around the age 25. And when I was on that, because I, I am a learner, I would always look for things that helped me understand my walk at the place in which I was. Because even though I grew up in church, I sang in the choir, I played the drums. I was in the church, but church was, wasn't really in me. Um, I knew what to do when I got in the building, but I had not really allowed those things to kind of start to penetrate my heart the way they needed to be for me to be an effective adult and an effective believer in the earth. And so I really just sat down one day and I said, I need help. I downloaded my Bible app. I went to Barnes & Noble one day. I was looking for resources that could help me stay encouraged as I went day by day. Of course, I never found anything that that appealed to people like me, those who understood this, you know, this this church thing, but we really didn't have the full scope or grasp on the God component of it, and we just needed something that's going to help us day by day, step by step. Because you know, I'm not sure if anybody else is saying it, but it's hard to be 25 and saved. You know, it's hard to Absolutely. be 25 and trying your best to live for God. It's hard, especially when you um, live life and you've enjoyed yourself and you. You know, been in the world, and the world hasn't been always been so bad to you. It's hard to say, why would I walk away from that just to go into this life that, that, that you know, to be honest, that the only really benefit that I've ever heard from is that you get to go to heaven. But what about I'm going to do while I'm mm-hmm. here on earth, you know? Um, right. And so I really, um, as I started to walk this walk out, and I got a little consistent, I said, okay, God, what's going to help me? And I've always been a person that says, okay, you know what? Do what you're going to do. Do what, Set yourself up to win. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to start typing in my group message with my line brothers because I was like, if I'm saved, I want everybody saved, and this is going to help me be consistent. And so I started to send them a scripture in the morning, and I would give my two to three sentences fill on it. Now, of course, I realized now that this time, this, this part, this far in, that's probably some of my doctrine might not have been the best, but I was doing, I was, my goal was to try to encourage somebody else and try to right. keep them a part of the journey because I really was seeing the benefits of God in my life when I just kind of said, yes, it's as simple as that. And so my first book was written on accident. I, I, for a whole year, mm-hmm. I texted them every morning with a scripture and a little breakdown encouragement of whatever I took from it. And so at the end of it, I looked at it, I said, what am I going to do with all these things? And so one day something said to me, which I know now, which is the Holy Spirit, I literally copied them and emailed them to myself, and I put them in a Word document and let them sit on my computer for a year. So I was like, what am I going to do oh, with wow. this? And then one day, so this lady randomly, I was talking to her in the store, and she said, do you have a book or something I can buy? And I was like, you know, no, I just go to church, and I'm, I'm a greeter at my church, and I'm on the cleaning ministry, you know, nothing major. And she's like, you should write a book. And for some reason, when I got home that evening, I opened my computer, and that Word document was almost jumping off of my desktop screen. And I was like, wow, wow. there it is. And so I wrote my first book to encourage people who are under the age of 60 who were just trying to do this thing for the first time for real, for real, and figure it out and walk it all the way out. I said, this is going to be my way to help them. And I released it, and it took off from there. And, you know, it's a blessing to be able to see something I didn't even mean to write be in countries that I can't even 
probably pronounced, nevertheless know where they are, you know. But it just goes to show you what happens when you're obedient um, and you just kind of really allow God to lead you because me thinking I'm doing this for me, God, you're actually helping a lot of other people, you know, at the same time in the midst of helping yourself. That's one of the great things about God. When you do what he asks you to do and what he calls you to do, it allows it's so it's so multifaceted. Everybody wins. Those that you're helping, and even you, because um, you never know sometimes how how with the seeds that you're planting, what those seeds could really turn into. Right, and, and I like how you you put in God, you put God at the foundation of it all. Now let's talk right there. In the midst of this faith journey, you know, as, as you made this awesome transition and. God is opening up doors and providing for you in manners you never dreamt or imagined. Did you ever hit a time when it just, you got either distracted and discouragement set in or depression set in or, you know, you kind of got off track? Absolutely. Oh, man. I mm-hmm. hit a couple of those streaks. Um from the beginning, in the middle, and even just as recent as this year, um, actually, I'm kind of coming out of a, a place or a space where I'm really getting my zeal back, not just for um, my work, but even for the things of God, because, you know, just realistically, life is not easy. And really doing this thing at my age, you know, you have so many options of what you can be doing that look so great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and of course, um, the good thing about God, the faithful thing about God, and sometimes the hard thing about God is that God prefers you to be process- processed before you're promoted. So a lot of times that comes with a lot of character development. It comes with some dealing with some stuff on the inside, dealing with some things in your bloodline, because God is really raising up righteous individuals to sit in the right seats. What's happened is we've had good, we've had the wrong people in the right seats. And so, um, yeah, I've mm-hmm. had plenty of bouts with depression, because I, especially within this last year, because God called me to make the biggest transition of my life, moving from Huntsville, Alabama, where I was the executive pastor at a growing ministry, very stable life, had my business, worked at a university as well, to moving all the way to Chicago, Illinois, where I knew two people, uh, didn't have any really family, and I was really going to a land in which I did not know. And I got to that land, and everything about that land was foreign. You know, nobody talks about sometimes how mm-hmm. when you follow God that there's going to be a space or a season where things just aren't going to make sense because that's when God is doing some real character development and some real personal and personal development inside of you that just has to be done for when you're going where you're when you're going if you're going to go where He wants to put you. Um, so just realistically, of course, and as a human being, you have those moments like you know what I believe God, I trust God, but God, this doesn't really make any sense, and I've been in this long enough. Mm-hmm. I said yes. And so I got, actually got very depressed, lost about 20 pounds, um, couldn't find really any joy, just felt really lost and confused because I had been obedient and walked away from everything that I knew to go to what I did not know because I, I knew I heard the voice of God. Well, I'm so glad I endured that season. And one thing I learned in that season is that sometimes you just have to endure because when I realized that I was holding on, I really wasn't just holding on. I was kind of putting myself in position for God to start to reveal to me what really needed to be worked on. It's really hard to see your holes and to see your blind spots and to see the areas that God really needs to press in on when you got a whole lot of success, when you're extremely comfortable, when everything in life is flowing and making sense. Sometimes it's hard to see what really needs some work. And what God had to do was move me away from everything that I knew, everything that I had helped to establish for me to sit by myself, 
for him to eventually start to reveal to me when I was open to it, because of course, sometimes when things get hard, the first thing we do is take our yeah. eyes off of God, and which I did that. Yeah. Um, but when I put my eyes back yeah. on God, I started to realize that everything that was going on around me was because he was trying to show me the areas in me that he needed dealt with because of what, because of what he had put in my life's plan and my destiny um, that he had already orchestrated. And he said, you're going to get there, but I want you to get there process. And I said, okay, <laughs> that makes sense, you know. And then, of course, naturally, you know, we make some things harder you know, with rebellion, with disobedience, but it's a part of the process. It, it, it's a part of the journey that has to be dealt with. Now, from the ministry aspect of things, let's talk ministry a little bit. Um, when did you know you were called by God into ministry? I I actually knew uh, years ago. So I started off playing the drums at a church. Um, I played the drums at a church for about five years. And I would be sitting on those drums, listening to the preacher preach, saying to myself, there's no way I can, this can be me. I remember saying, being a high school student saying, this cannot be me. This cannot be me. I had no idea that God was telling me, this is going to be you. <laughs> Um, but I remember those days kind of sitting in the drums. And even like when I was in college, I, I knew I had the ability to gather people. My house was the party house. We, you knew if you hang out with me, we're going to have a really good time. So I've always realized that I had uh, what I know now to be the anointing to draw people together. But, of course, we were just getting together doing everything that we weren't supposed to be doing. <laughs> but then I started to really right. sit back and look. And one day I was sitting in church. And um, I had the same feeling. I was looking at my pastor at the time preach. And I had that same, like, boyish moment that I had when I'd be sitting on those drums at age 15 and 16 saying, this is not going to be me. And I looked up at my pastor preaching. I said, oh, my God, this is about to be me. And I was like, ain't no way. Absolutely not. And God was pretty much like, no, this is you. But it's like, <laughs> this is definitely going to be a part of your story. Awesome. So at what age did you begin uh, preaching? So I started to preach at the age of 25. I got ordained, a license as a minister, and then about a year and a half later, I was ordained as a pastor um, at All Nations Worship Assembly in Huntsville, Alabama. Pastor A.D., okay. Yes, sir. Now, Pastor A.D. Um, yes, sir. Now, um, as far as with ministry, uh, I brought up healing. The reason why I brought up healing was um what spiritual gifts do you flow with? <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. So my primary gift is the gift of healing and miracles. Um, yeah. uh, that's one of my, that's that's my primary. Um, that's what I do know, if nothing else, that God has called me to release yeah. his power in the earth for his children to be made whole from, from the mental state to their physical state to their emotional state. Like that's just one of the things that he's mantled me for. Now, that's why I brought that up in the beginning because, I really want to talk about the aspect of healing as it relates to, because I believe you're one of those that has been able to intertwine the ministry side with the business side. How do you balance that out first before we start talking about the, the healing? How do you balance the ministry side and the business side as well? So to be very honest with you, I don't, I don't try to. Um, I don't. I, that, matter of fact, my answer is I don't balance them. I wholeheartedly believe that God has anointed me and made me to be who I am. Now, there may be moments in times where I don't tell you where the scripture came from or, you know, but I will say I will stand on the word of God for what it is because I do understand that it's principle at work. Um, so I, I stopped trying to separate myself from the world and the church kind of, you know, as far as creating a distinction and just saying, you know what, I'm going to be me. 
and I'm going to go into certain settings and be what's required of me in that moment. So I guess it's more not not as per, not per se balancing, but more say adapting to what's needed in the moment. Because listen, I've been in some boardrooms where me and my gift, you know, speaking in tongues and quoting scriptures and telling them it came from James 4 and 7 would not have been appropriate. But in that same meeting, I know that I can give principle and stand on what I believe to what I know to be true and rely on the Holy Spirit to lead me in what needs to be said. And then, boom, same thing's done, same thing's accomplished. You know, the mission is fulfilled, you know, and contracts are signed, but most, you know, I was able to do it the way it needs to be done. So I took the pressure off of myself. Um, and just kind of said, you know, even though I am a kingdom representative and a kingdom business owner, I'm just going to do kingdom and call it a day. <laughs> I'm just going to – I look at my business now. People tell me all the time, oh, it's a business. I'm like, yeah, I guess it's a business, but really my entire life is ministry, including my business. So guess what? This is all still ministry to me. So no matter when I am on, or I'm always on because this is just what my life is. And I like how you brought that up because that was something I struggled with, like, in the beginning of my business. Um, because I had consulted some business owners that didn't have the ministry side of things. And one of the first things they told me was, Cliff, you need to learn how to separate the business from the ministry. And I saw myself struggling with years, uh, for years with that because that was me saying, no, that's not what I need to do because I embody all of that to you know, the struggle with the advice that they were giving as business owners. So I always like to ask those who have the ministry aspect and the business aspect, do they separate it? How do they separate it? Or how do they incorporate both into one? Yes, sir. So now. Yes, sir. Uh, go ahead. No, I was I was agreeing with you. Yes, sir. Okay. So now, okay, let's let's talk about healing and miracles, okay. Now, do you find in this day and time that there are a lot of individuals that struggle with the concept of them being healed, whether emotionally, physically, even financially? Do you find that a lot of people are struggling in those areas as far as with healing? Absolutely. Um, one of the key reasons that I believe that we do not see the miracles of God and the promises of God made manifest in a lot of different areas in our lives is because we really don't believe what we said that we believe. Um, for a lot Man. of people, we, um, believing in Christ has become a convenience thing or it's become a it sounds good or it's just what I'm supposed to do. And like for like myself, we never allow it to take root into our hearts. And when it's not in your heart, it's really hard because out of the heart, out of the out of your heart flows pretty much everything. So if it's not in your heart, mm -hmm. where else can it be? So how can we see certain things begin to manifest if we're really not truly as connected as we may think that we are? Absolutely. I definitely agree. Now, even in your coaching sessions, do you see where you take time? where people have experienced healing within your coaching sessions as well? Absolutely. That's um, part of the reason mm -hmm. I um, started to do the coaching sessions because God was sharing with me that I could use my gift of healing um, in so many different, he was not limiting me to church services and to miracle services yeah. and to special more Sunday mornings. He told me that I would be able to use that gift to heal people. I have honestly believed, I know firsthand that my coaching sessions because we start off in prayer, but then we also go into a lot of affirmations and strategies. A lot of that stuff is mental healing because people have scars 
um, from word curses, things that people have said over them, yeah. things they believe about yeah. themselves that somebody just has to say, hey, you know what? This is an amazing idea. You just need, you just need to do one, two, and three, and then boom, now we're going to see some manifestation. So I wholeheartedly know for a fact that healing has manifested in so many different ways um, inside of these personal coaching sessions because this is the thing about it. When you sit down with somebody who – who can believe when you can't and can speak sometimes what needs to be said, it yeah. really opens you up. You know, hearing a sermon yeah. is absolutely amazing. I know there's a need for those every Sunday, but sometimes just that one-on-one conversation can do so much more than what often a sermon can, because, you know, when you're in church, you're often not listening, but when somebody's sitting in front of you, giving you like making eye contact, body language, all that stuff like that, a lot can happen, a lot can transfer. And sometimes you've got to rub shoulders with those who have the crazy faith that you need to have for whatever is in front yeah. of you. So I believe wholeheartedly that you, it, healing manifests just about every single time that it happens, because I know her wholeheartedly that a lot of individuals that kind of come to me with business ideas, they desire to do some amazing things. And if they want to do it for the right reasons, they just need to be around somebody that says, you know what, forget the fact that you don't have the money in your account. Who said you have to fund it anyway? You know, forget what you, um, you don't really see how you're going to have the right team. How about we put some systems in place that allow you to kind of build, work, and then, hey, you realize what you're looking for a team to do, you could do. That's healing. That's taking the pressures yes. off of the mind for people to kind of go forward and to trust God and to trust sometimes even their own abilities to produce what God has told them to do. And I hope that those that are listening to that tonight, um, I hope you're understanding what he's saying, especially about the gifts that are in your life. Like they're not just meant for the four walls of the church. You can take those gifts and allow him to use you. And you might call them mountains of influence or spheres of influence, whatever it is that you call it, you can have your gifts manifesting on a consistent basis in whatever spheres of influence that you have been called to. Now, you hit something that I I want us to talk about right now because I know a lot of our listeners are dealing with this very thing. You talked about word curses, um, whether they put uh, spoken word curses about themselves or others have spoken it, you know, over their lives for whatever reasons. What are some things that people, what do you believe that a person who is struggling with those word curses, what is one thing that they need to do in order to be able to pull themselves out of, you know, the the uh, spell or the covering of those word uh, curses? I um, encourage individuals all the time to do this, to make a list of what you are not. Often when what has happened, people have spoken certain things, and we've even um, said certain things over our own selves, over our children, mm-hmm. over our businesses, over our callings, that really we cursed it. We, nobody else had to do it. But sometimes you have to remind yourself, remind what it is, what you're not. So pretty much writing out the opposite of what the curse was. Um, that sometimes that list, that helps mm-hmm. me kickstart and open up an entire different realm of life when I instantly start to come against what was being said or what has been said or what I allow to be said, because often that's where, that's where it all begins. Well, a lot of us won't move forward because somebody somewhere has told us that we're stupid or that we don't have enough mm-hmm. or that we'll never amount to anything. So what do you do? First, write down what you're not. I am not stupid. I will amount to something. I have the resources that I need. I have all that I need because all of heaven backs me. You know what it looks like, a, it basically turns into an affirmation list. 
And we all know that what happens with affirmations, once you speak the right words over the right situations over over people, things must change. They absolutely must change. One thing about it that I know about people is that we don't use our words wisely, so therefore we don't use our words to win. If you really want to win in life, use your words wisely. That's the key. There are a lot of things that I've seen manifest in my life that were spoken, that I just spoke, and I didn't have to always work for, didn't always have to put in any extra or additional effort for. I just spoke the right things, and I believed it. Hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Now, we are about to transition from one decade to a new decade, one year to a new year. What are what is one thing that you have identified in your life that you're gonna leave in this decade or in this year, and then one thing that you've identified that you're gonna carry over into the next decade and year? Now this is a really good question. One of the things that I've chosen to leave um I guess in this past decade is bad or unsound decision making. Um, even with the amount of success that I've been able to have in life and in God, I have still allowed myself to choose not to always make the right decisions. And I've been able to really be able to assess that and trace that back to A, what's around me, who's around me, and what is being allowed to happen in my space. Um, often I realize that people who have good friends and good um, people who are, who are successful have successful circles. And I'm not always talking about from a financial or from a business standpoint. I have people around me who are successfully emotionally. They know how to control those right. things. They know how to be completely unbothered. That's what you have to be surrounded by. So me making the sound decisions and the right decisions too. I know it may sound cliche, but let some people go. A lot of us are in cycles because we want to. We don't let people go because of loyalty. But sometimes that loyalty becomes right. lethal. You know, um, if you know anything about a cancer, yeah. if it's as long as, if the cancer sits there untreated it's eventually going to spread. I don't care. It could right, be in the yeah. arm right now, but if you don't deal with it in the arm, you look up and it's been two years and now it's spread over to the chest and now it's in, you know, in the breast or anything like that. So it's, that's been my thing. It's been my, I've been closing out this year by dealing with uh, what's really around me and what I'm allowed to stay in the name of loyalty. Because even as a minister of the gospel, I'm still a people person. I love people. I love my family. I love right. my friends. But even in the midst of that, we all have to be willing to let people go. And often, Everybody that needs to go is not always off the, on the back of a hellacious situation. You know, I've had to make some recent um, staffing changes, which I call my life. I feel like my life is staffed for the people that God has put around me. I've had to make some recent staffing changes, and I'm okay. And it didn't all, all of it didn't come on the back of, hey, you know what, we're fighting or something bad has happened. It's just a matter of, like, you know what, I realized that this, at this moment in time, what needed to be done within, within this, this relationship or this relationship dynamic is just over. And I appreciate it. But now let me do what I have to do as far as making room because the, one, the worst thing that we can do is um, be praying to God for certain things to happen, but yet we have not created the space for those things to enter our lives. A lot of us are praying for money, praying for different things to hit our lives that won't because we just don't have the room for it. Wow. That's good right there. Now, what is one thing you're going to carry it over into the new year and the new decade? I'm carrying over this small thing, that, I, but it's helping me, discipline. Um, when I realized okay. that my time management has becoming the, my, one of my top priorities, 
it changed how much I'm able to get done. It's also opened up the doors for opportunities because I realized that when you don't situate certain things to happen the way they're supposed to happen, you block out. As I mentioned, you block out a whole lot of things. So by me setting a bedtime and actually going to bed before 10 or 11 o'clock, that has allowed me to start to get up in the morning a little bit earlier for me to maximize my day, maximize my times, which I believe has got has given God the green light to be able to release more things to me because I've chosen to be disciplined. I've chosen to be committed and even some of the small areas in life. One of the biggest things I could have done was to get a bedtime. That bedtime, I do believe wholeheartedly has brought me a couple thousand dollars in the last three months of this year. Because I realized when my body was rested, my mind was rested, it happened. So hey, if nothing else, I encourage everybody on this line to set you a bedtime because sometimes you're not you're not able to really curate or create what needs to be done because you're tired. I'm going to take that advice. That's an answer for me right there. I was listening to what you were saying, and uh, as you were saying, and I was like, oh, man, I've been fighting this for a couple of months now. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, Absolutely. Just, it's funny I, that you brought that up right now because I've been fighting that literally I'm like, I'm gonna be honest. Not even a couple of months. It has to be about six or seven months that I've been fighting that whole concept. That it came mm-hmm. to me, and I've been fighting it. And now I understand. You know, I've I haven't been properly resting my body, my yep. mind, my my spirit, and everything. I, Your spirit, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely gonna take that. Wow. Okay. If you hear nothing else, yeah. like hear the fact that in the last three months, in the last ninety days, by the yeah, about nine. I've been doing this about ninety days. I feel as though that me going to bed at ten thirty, eleven o'clock Monday through Thursday has situated me to make a whole lot more money as a business owner because I wake up with new ideas. I, you know, I even have time in my days to be able to brainstorm. Most of us are working jobs and managing our families and you know doing our various assignments and commitments that we never really have time to brainstorm until the end of the year when we're brainstorming for the next year. Absolutely not. Yes. If you want to be successful, especially as a business owner, brainstorming should be a part of what you do weekly. Weekly, hands down. Mm-hmm. Especially for those who are full-time entrepreneurs, brainstorming used to be a part of your weekly routine because it's always going to be something for you to do, work on, develop, strengthen, grow in. Like All of that stuff needs to be there, but you've got to have the time for it because growth and expan- even expansion is intentional. Everything about it is intentional. Hmm. Now, let's talk about discipline real quick before we go on to the next subject, too. Um, You were talking about, you know, discipline. Do you feel like that's also a reason why uh, we don't experience greater amounts of success, especially as entrepreneurs, because sometimes we go from where we're put on a schedule at work to now we're full-time entrepreneurs, so it's basically – Yo, I just I'm gonna wing this thing when I want to wing this thing, you know. Basically, yep. So, do you believe that that lack of discipline also spreads throughout the entire your entire business and ministry as well, too? Absolutely. So, one thing that I learned early was that behaviors bleed. We often kind of look mm-hmm. at you know bad things or negative characteristics or negative traits mm-hmm. are being the one thing that bleeds over. And it's like the same thing happens with positive things. When you do things right, it all bleeds. And I believe wholeheartedly a lot of people who are, especially in the level in the lane of entrepreneurship, are not seeing a lot of things because we're not disciplined. For an example, the worst thing I believe, and I tell my business clients that they can do, 
the worst thing you can do is quit, you know, leave your job and then not get up and be on the same routine as your job. Because the one thing that we know for a fact, even if you hate your job, when you get up there, you know, you have to be there, you perform. Right. Just because you have a you have not, you have a passion that is profitable doesn't give you an excuse to be lazy. Why would God is God really obligated to bless laziness? No. <laughs> is God really obligated to bless our our um half effort? No. Right. Why would he do that? He's called us if he's giving if he's blessed us with the opportunity to be a full time entrepreneur and to do what you love and for it to be profitable. Why would we get that opportunity and then take it for granted as if if we don't restructure our lives, we couldn't get the same amount of sleep we could if we thought we were going to sleep all day? So, yeah, I, a lot of us are not seeing, including myself, I have not seen some things because my discipline has been off. My willingness right. to submit to discipline has been off, and that's mm-hmm. really what it is. Not just discipline right. is the easy part, but you have to submit to the fact of knowing I've got to make the changes to get where I'm trying to get. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree there. Now, Evan, what inspires you? What or who inspires you? Okay. Um, so my biggest inspiration is my, my parents. My parents um, okay. have been able to lay a foundation for me that I know I would not be in this place or in this space if it was not for them. They're hard workers. Um, they grew up with Nothing, pretty much um, growing up in a very small town, having to work their way through life and work their way through college, and they did that. And so just kind of being able to look back and see where they've come from, where they are, and most importantly, being able to look at the foundation they've laid for me has been my biggest inspiration just yet. You know, um, I don't, I'm grateful not to look very far to be inspired. My mom, was able, my, parent, my mom was able to retire. My dad went back to school at age 52 to get another degree. You know, these things that seem to be unheard of, I have to, I can look, I can dial the numbers of those individuals to hear a great story, to hear a story of triumph, to hear a story of um, perseverance, to hear a story of somebody who said, you know what, I committed to this and I just made it happen. Um, So those are my biggest inspirations um, would be my parents. Great, great. And the last thing I want to talk about is vision birthers. Let's talk about vision birthers. Um, what is the vision of Vision Birthers? Yes, sir. So Vision Birthers is here to provide strategies and solutions for optimum growth, whether that's from an individual, um, from, an, um, from an individual endeavor, from a ministry to a small business, to a large business, to a corporation. We are here to really help you curate ideas that are going to help you go to the next place you desire to go. Because one thing about it is that nothing in this life is called to be stagnant. Nothing in this life is called to sit still. Mm-hmm. We're all supposed to be progressive. And so sometimes you got to get some help to get you to that next place or phase where that's kind of really analyzing where you are right now, being able to identify failure, failures, being able to identify your blind spots, and or, or whether it's coming up with something brand spanking new to help you get you know to a new place. That's what Vision Breakers is here to do. Awesome. And what services do you offer through Vision Birthers? One of my prayers when I started my business, I said, God, make this a one-stop shop. I said, I don't know how Mm -hmm. you're going to do it. 
I don't know when you're going to do it, but my prayer is that for you to make this a one-stop shop. And Vision Birthdays, I can say at this moment in time, is a one-stop shop. So we offer everything from my personal favorite, which is the personal coaching and business coaching sessions, all the way to uh, graphic design, website design. Um, we're getting ready to slide into video editing. Um, and then lastly, one of my second favorite, but not probably my biggest, my biggest passion outside of coaching, um, we offer writing and publishing services. Um, I've been able to, I worked for a publishing company as a four side job for about three years. And one day the Lord told me to prepare myself to transition out, but to ask her to buy a program that she had. And I was like, why would I do that? That doesn't make any sense. Well, in obedience, I paid that nice chunk, that nice chunk. And I bought the program <laughs> and what I was able to do three or four years later, God told me what to do with it, what to change. And so that has been the basis um, of what we do. We do everything from editing, from book cover design to book marketing concepts and plans, also down to the writing coaching portion. I'm a coach, but I'm also a writer. I'm about five books in with two more on the chopping block for 2020. So I love what I do. I've been able to help. We have, sorry, not I, we have been able to push out about 80 authors in the last three and a half, four years. I've been able to have my hand wow. in about 80 projects. That's a blessing to be able to say I've been able to help people do this. Um, and it's so crazy because even when people say, oh, my God, I had no idea you were doing all this. And I think back, like, man, I've been doing this four and a half years. I was doing this before I even realized I should probably start to gather this stuff, this gather this content, gather this information to be able to let people know I, I can do this, that I can handle this. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask exactly you, uh, you to tell your services because when I looked on the website, I saw 16 different services, I believe. Yeah. I, I might uh -huh. have my number on. And I was like, wow. In my mind, I said, this is a one-stop shop. So when you said yes, that, sir. I was sitting over uh -huh. here like, wow, this is this is amazing. Uh, and that's why, you know, I definitely wanted individuals to know the services that you offer so they can reach out and realize that you don't have to go to – uh, go over here to get one thing and over there to get another thing and over yes, there sir. to get another thing. Everything is offered right mm -hmm. here at Vision Birthday. So that's yes. awesome. Listen, we're actually off the air live. Um, I don't know if you realize it, but we it's past the 10 o'clock hour. However, it's still recording because on the replay, everything uh, is placed on the replay. So when we go off the air, I usually have three questions I like to ask uh, each guest while we're off the okay. air. But before we do that, I want to give you an opportunity to tell people how to connect with you, um, your website, all the information that you can give to them so they can connect with you, purchase your materials, especially your books as well. Absolutely. Um, so, of course, my name is Evan S. Brown. You can find me on Facebook, Evan S. Brown. You can find me on Twitter as I am Evan S. Brown. You can find me on Instagram, I am Evan Brown. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, also, my Vision Birthers page, we have an Instagram page and a Facebook. Just type in Vision Birthers on either um, search platform or search engine. Uh, you can go to my website, IamEvanBrown.com. Or you can use visionbirthers.com. Either way, it'll get you right to the right site to get you all the information that you need. And lastly, you'll be able to see my products that have some amazing resources. I stopped telling people that I wrote books. I've always been telling them I do. I, am, I created resources because I believe that God is charging mm -hmm. me to create things to help people. So we have everything on there from how to help you jumpstart your social media, 
even to help you kind of comb through your life and understand what purpose is. I have a book called For the Purpose Chasers. I also have a few of my online programs on there. I have a writing, um, a book writer's workshop coming up to launch off this year. I know a lot of people in 2020 are called to write resources or to pen resources that are going to live for forever. So all that stuff is on there. Um, old programs, how to start a business, how to start a nonprofit, a lot of just check it out. I promise you, you have resources galore. And I tell you this, if you listen to me and you do what we, you know, what we ask and kind of take in that knowledge and information, it'll help you really get to some places in life that'll help you really become what you desire to be. Awesome. Awesome. And before I get to the questions, I did want to talk about your newest ebook, um, how to fail as an entrepreneur. Yes. That's your latest one now, right? Yes, sir, that is. Okay. Now, is so, is that a, a program as well? That's not just a book, right? That's a program with that as well? Yes, sir, that is just an e-book right now. Um, okay. What I okay. did was over the over the last couple of years, I would write down, like, some major areas where I, was, where I failed, simply. Um, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And one day I came across that sheet of, on paper, and I realized, you know what? I have something to help people really not fail. And I said, how can I do this? I said, if I can teach you how to not fail, if I can teach you how to fail, this should prompt you and walk you right into success. Simply just don't do what I did. (laughs) Don't do what I did. And that should help you with no problem. And and I I hope the entrepreneurs that are listening realize how valuable this is. I know I'm going to purchase it but uh, realize how valuable this tool is because oftentimes if you look on YouTube, if you look on Instagram, if you look on Facebook, if you look around, everybody's telling you how they were successful, how to be successful this way, how to be successful this way. Not many people are willing to share those moments of failure. So I know that this will be a great resource um, to those who will, I know it's been a great resource and will be a great resource to those who purchase it. So I encourage you, if you're listening tonight, go by and check out all of the products as well. But definitely, if you are beginning your journey as an entrepreneur or you've been in your journey as an entrepreneur, check that one out as well. All right, so now yeah. let's get to these questions, and I'm going to let you go. Let's see here where they at. Okay. When you first started out, what what is one thing that you wish you had known when you first started out, uh, started this journey? As an entrepreneur? Yes, sir. My The one thing that I wish I would have known, I wish I would have known to separate my money. Um, one of the mm-hmm. toughest lessons that I have learned was that your money, when you're a business owner, what you make needs to go back into your business, and then you should pay yourself from that. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, and I try to encourage all that I can. I know you're working hard and making money, but that money should not be going into your personal account. It should not be going into your whatever is your normal income, place of income. It should not go into there because what happens, all that money gets jumbled up and confused, and you'll never actually be able to know how much you really made. Which can also turn into a, a major point of discouragement. Um, I my first year in business, I knew that I had made money, but I had I had no accurate way to track that to see how much I'd made because all of it was going into my personal funds. 
that means it's being used for my personal funds. So I have a business that I believe is growing and thriving, but I have absolutely nothing to show for it. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely, that was a good one. Now, number two, I have a question I usually ask number two, but you already answered that one about your mother and father. So I have a different question for you. What's next? What is next for uh, Evan Brown? The entrepreneur, the preacher, the author, everything that you embody, what's next for you? Okay. Um, What's next for me is a a bunch of work. (laughs) Um, I have, uh, (laughs) I'm getting ready to start my next book called uh, about transition, surviving transition. I realize that a lot of people Mm -hmm. suffer um, go through transitions, um, whether good or bad, all the way around. And often there's no real, I guess, manual or resource for assistance on how to survive transitions of every kind. Because if you're not careful, um, the trauma from transition will destroy you. It'll discourage you. It'll have you disappointed. And, you know, whatever, even the good transitions come with trauma, you know, that you have to deal with and assess and analyze and put in the right perspective. So that's what's next for me on the book end. Um, I'm getting ready to gear up some courses this year for Vision Birthers, um, primarily just the coaching stuff. I'm going to be doing my Book Writers Boot Camp, the first one for the year, starting off on January 15th, I believe. And then from there, I'm going to go back into my – I'm going to go into my first public round of my mentorship group called Power Players. Um, For the last year or so, I've been mentoring small groups of individuals from my mailing list um, just quietly for free to kind of really go through and figure out the best way to develop an actual mentorship program for individuals at this point in time. So what we do, we do everything from business development to also personal and character development. A lot of people can't sustain what, what's on the inside of them because they just have to, they're just too messed up and somebody needs to help them kind of process right. and deal with that and solidify some foundation. So that's the term for vision burgers. Also, the, a lot of the services that you mentioned, I know, I know you mentioned that I had 16. We've actually cut those. We're cutting those. Well, we've cut those um, on our on our books in, in half. Um, we now have, I think, about six services officially. Um, maybe seven, okay. and then that's going to be it. I realized that even though we were good at a lot, because my team is not just me, it's five people, um, and I'm blessed to be able to have a team of five in the, for having a business that I have not had, have not even had five years, but I realized that I need to focus in and honing on those things that are going to be the most effective for me for this season. So this season, I am simply just Coach Ed. Um, I am coaching people from writing to personal development to business development, and that's pretty much it. Uh, but we're still going to do the graphics and this, everything like that. But our focus is going to be on coaching. And on those who go through our programs and go through, who publish through us, and, of course, we'll still do their websites, still do their, you know, manage their social medias, come up with marketing plans and strategies for their products and stuff. We'll still do all that. Um, but our, my focus this year on my end will be the coaching portion. And then lastly, for the preacher, I have actually opened, uh, I guess in so many words, opened up my calendar finally again. I took about a year and a half off because I needed to heal. I simply needed to heal. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the most important thing for me to do was to sit down and to heal and to deal with uh, my demons and to deal with what needs to be dealt with so that as I effectively communicate the gospel, that it can actually be effective and you know, and touch somebody's heart and most importantly, transform their lives. So I'm back into the speaking, the motivational speaking. I'm back into preaching. I'm actually teaching a healing course for a couple of churches um, over the next couple of weeks. So I am just, I'm getting back involved and back into the, 
the flow of things that God had for me, but after I took the time to sit down and to heal and to properly analyze and to get some therapy and rigor, you know, to deal with what, to deal with life, to deal with the traumas of life, and most importantly, mm-hmm. equip myself for um, to go forward. And I think that that right there, what you said, is so important. That's so important, and I don't see that a lot. I'm beginning to see it more. I have to be honest. I'm beginning to see yeah. it more. Um, and I'm, I love to see that. I love to see it because one of the things that I always say is I never want to be one that presents a gospel. I always tell people, you know, if we're going to use a smoking weed analogy, you, if it's laced with something, whatever it's laced with is going to affect mm-hmm. your body as well. And I say that Absolutely. about the gospel as well. Sometimes we present it a, a powerful message, but... What's late, late inside of it has, has yeah. hurt a lot of people. So, yeah, I got mad respect for that. I, I'm definitely a person that believes in in therapy and getting the healing that you need and taking that time, you know, for yourself. So that that's awesome. Okay. Now, what I also wanted to tell you, too, when you open up registration for your, um, I think it's the author's boot camp. Yes, sir. Let me know when you open up registration, and I can announce it here on the show as well. Uh, okay. So well, we actually, can... um, so it's going to be live on my website tonight, um, but I'll kind of do some public promotion. Uh, I'm going to start with my okay. mailing list, but you're free to announce it whenever you uh, desire, but it'll, it'll be on my website before midnight tonight. We got everything finalized okay. uh, earlier today. And it's virtual, okay, cool, so it'll be cool, online. Cool. I'm going to have pre- be pre-recorded sessions. I mean, it'll be recorded sessions if you're not able to make the live sessions homework assignments, you know, all that good stuff. Great, great, great. Now, um, again, I thank you for your willingness to come on the show. Now, I'm going to tell you, I do want to invite you back. Um, Absolutely. I would love to be back. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear, definitely glad to hear that. I'm doing a month on healing, a month on healing, and I want you to come and we're going to talk about Healing. We're going to talk about all aspects yeah. of healing. Some people call in and we're going to pray and believe God for their healing. Yes. But uh, you are one of the ones I definitely want to come back during that month. I'll get, get all that information out to you in a timely manner. But thank you again for joining us on tonight. Thank you for your willingness to share freely, man. That I think that that's what really means so much to me this month, that so many, everybody that came on, you know, we've had a variety of, of guests from all walks of life, different belief systems and all of that, but everyone has been willing to share, you know, their story, and nobody held back. You know, nobody said, no, I'm not going to share this. Everybody was open to it. So I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Oh, but I forgot. I got one last question. This is the question okay. I end with with everybody. Okay. Always end with this question because I love to hear everybody's interpretation of this question. So I ask you, who is God to you? Everything. When I learned to allow him to be everything, every which way possible, it changed the, it removed the self-reliance or the self dependency that I that society will teach you you need to have as a man it it took all of that off me it took the pressures of trying to navigate and steer and create everything from my own life when I just said God you are everything and everything comes from you it took 
it, when I really aligned my life to fit that statement, it shifted everything. I promise you, um, there are things that the average person stresses about that I go to sleep quickly on. I'm like, oh, money? Cool. I believe that God wow. provides. And that if he won't give me the check tomorrow, he'll give me a way or a resource. He'll just meet me. At, you know, he'll do whatever he needs to do because he is everything and everything comes from him. So I'm just going to trust him for who he is and trust him for what I've seen him to be in the past. And his resume with me is perfect. Why would I not? You know, I've seen him be a healer, a sustainer, a provider, a, um, a, a confidant. I've seen him be a comforter. I've seen him be peace. I've seen him be so many different things for me to start trying to navigate and steer my own life when I don't have to. He never asked us. He never asked us to try to control our own lives. He asked us to trust him, to lean not on our own understanding. And because I've chosen to lean not on me and to lean on him, man, I tell him I'm living a life that my grandmother looks at me and says, I, she just smiles. I'm like, why are you smiling? She's like, you know, you, your life is just, I say, well, I know who I'm leaning on, and it ain't me. <laughs> Come on. Awesome. What a perfect way to end the night. Guys, again, I want to encourage you, check out Evan's website, connect with him on social media, and support his endeavors. I thank each and every one of you for joining us on tonight. Don't forget, tomorrow night I'll be on at 10 p.m. We will not have a guest, but I'll be doing the year-end review of the show and talking about some of the things that we have lined up for next year. Stay up to date with everything that I have going on as far as with the show and with other things that I have going on by visiting my website at www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Also, connect with me on all social media platforms by typing in Clifton Pettyjohn. All right. Again, Evan, we thank you for joining us on tonight. And guys, as I always say, as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Be blessed.